Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 591, uh, recording today live Wednesday, the 2nd of October. Gosh. There it went, and so went the summer uh, of 2019. Yes, uh, we didn't have a show last week. That's because I was in Japan, in Tokyo, Hamamatsu as well, uh, on the Yamaha trip, which I'm perfectly happy to tell you all about. Uh, and um, But in the meantime, I suppose I should rewind and tell you, if you're a first-time viewer to this, this is a podcast, a Sonic Talk. We talk about music technology. We talk about software. We talk about the sort of commerce of making music and, and creating music, touring, controllerism, all that kind of stuff, electronic music music, any kind you like, really. And that's what we'll be discussing for about the next hour. I want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors who will be uh, providing a prize. You could win a copy of Isotope Neutron 3 Advanced, I should add, which is a very advanced uh, mixing uh, plugin which allows you to analyse the programme material, intercommunication between channels, figure out where the holes are in the frequencies or, or the clashes. Very clever stuff. We'll bring a bit more about that later. I want to say hello to our guests. I, I think we're going to start over here. We've got Mr. Matthew Hodson, uh, the maths, um, who uh, we haven't had for ages. You've been, you've been. Uh, well, I guess you've been uh, a on holiday, starting a new term at BIMS because you're a, a course director, lecturer. I'm not quite sure what mm. your full title is there. It's probably changed since yeah. last time we spoke. It's been so long. Music producer, of yeah. course, performer as well. How are you? I'm I'm exhausted. Actually, the only <laughs> thing that I haven't done out of that list you just mentioned there is go on holiday. Um, but I am going to New York in a couple of weeks, actually, to the Audio Engineering Society conference, which I'm looking forward to. Nice. It's getting out there. Don't know if anyone's ever been to that one, but if you yeah. can, it's, it, it's have, such yeah. a great one to go to. Um, yeah, I've been really well. I've been I've been moving studio actually, so that's why I'm sat here, um, not surrounded by synthesizers for once. Everything's in boxes at the moment. Um, but I'm moving into a great little studio space. I'm just setting that up. Just kicked off the start of term at BIM, which is great. Some new students have just come in. That's so it's just been great to meet all of those. Kicked off teaching, writing, uh, writing and recording as and yeah, just getting the new EP finished as well and that kind of thing. So absolutely exhausted, but yeah, but, full on. Okay. Well, that sounds yeah, great actually. Back. I mean, because I know now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you actually move studios not that long before you then moved moved house? Because I remember you saying you had changed the setup. So is this a kind of, was it like a yeah. a, a dry run? Now this is the real no, deal. Right? It, I, yeah, I guess it was. Completely changed my setup again. I went I went old school and I bought an old Mackie thirty two eight desk and went down that route for all of the I/O that I wanted and uh, decided to go the other way now and completely kind of almost gone in the box and just using using the sound card just literally just to record through now. So. I've got gone away with the the desk has gone now and it's just straight um, HD recording straight into the computer basically. That's right. how I'm working at the minute. Direct, yeah. direct. Well, lovely to have you, Matt. Um, um, we Thanks can uh, people can find your stuff if you just look for maths. Uh, that's the best thing to do. At maths, 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 maths. No, maths, 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 isn't it? Not maths, 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 maths. <laughs> and uh, we also have Mr. Yoad Nevo, who's there in Nevo Sound in uh, in London, uh, where you can see the extent, or certainly, well, most of the keys keyboards. There's a lot of other synthesizers on the other wall, as I know, because we went to visit him uh, uh, in his production studio, fantastic Neve Equip studio, uh, and uh, where he does all of the production. And, and I, I haven't said this to your face, but your mixes sounded really really good i have to say oh, i was you. i was kind of thinking oh yeah because often when you see mix it when you hear mixes it's all nice and you can kind of go yeah but but it doesn't sometimes it has a certain something and that's what that's what i heard with yours so I f yeah if you need him if you can afford him that is you need you need a mixer <laughs> he's the guy um so yoad uh, also wave developer how are you are you well yeah i'm very well thanks good to be here again after two weeks yeah, well, it feels like longer, actually, just because I suppose we've, so much has happened for us. I mean, because we've travelled, I don't know how many thousands of miles it is. I must admit, I did feel a little bit guilty because as we were travelling, it was the whole time that Greta Thunberg was doing her thing. And I was just thinking, I'm really not, I, I, I'm not sticking to the plot here, am I? I'm sort of, I'm, yeah, anyway, but I'll make up for it in another way. We're doing this remote, so there's very little kind of challenging uh, um, uh, uh, travelling involved. But, uh, yeah, I'd lovely to have you, and uh, we'll get on some topics in a minute. And we also have Mr. Gaz Williams, who's there in Bristol, um, and his his bass studio, well, his production studio in the attic. <laughs> of course, bass player, producer, all those things, music technologist. How are you, Gaz? Yeah, really good, thank you. Um, I've just 
had a little trip out as well um, because you couldn't make it because <laughs> you were in Japan. So I've been out to Vienna, which is uh, just a flying visit. So sorry for, to my Viennese friends there because I didn't get any time. <laughs> Literally had no time other than just this quick in and out there. And that was to um, to visit Lewitt Mics, Lewitt Microphones, who are uh, Austrian microphone company and they've got some incredible mics uh, and the uh the purpose of the trip was to um partly to celebrate uh the upcoming 10th anniversary of lewitt uh and also to to see some upcoming things which i can't talk about just yet but um but they've got some really interesting microphones and i was uh i was really impressed by the whole setup there really they've got um it's a very young company and uh, yeah 10 years well, no, but I mean, the people actually... Oh, I see. You know, um, they started you know, the it when they were 15, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, by looks of them. Uh, but a, just a great atmosphere and uh, people clearly very passionate to work there. And, um, yeah, I think Lewitt microphones are well worth looking at if you are in the microphone market, just because they have, their kind of stance, I think, is that... Um, that they don't believe that like say vintage microphones are inherently better than what you can make today so they kind of think that you, you can make better microphones using modern production techniques well, stands um, the reason i guess yeah yeah and and i think that that kind of informs their this their sort of designs um i mean one of their ones which i was really keen to check out is that i think it's called it's the 640 um I'm not quite sure what the initials are, but um, but that one's like I think we've talked about that before. Really, it's got like it's like a regular, it's, it's a dual diaphragm condenser. But what's really cool is that you can you can plug a, a, a like a mini XLR into the side uh, and then record it into in, as a, into a stereo track in your DAW. Oh, that's right, and then change it up afterwards. Yeah, yeah. You insert this little plug in in, and you can then change the polar pattern after you've recorded, um, which I think is such a brilliant idea, especially when you're recording. You know, I was thinking of an example of that, maybe um, like if you're recording a, a guitarist, singer, singing acoustic guitarist or whatever, and mic up the guitar. And then after you've recorded it, you can choose which polar pattern is best that has the most rejection maybe of the vocal. Uh, into There's many reasons, but yeah, you can yeah. also... You can automate. You can automate this plugin as well. So you can actually. Uh, an, an example they they suggested is uh, you could have like a lead vocal, which um, which in the verse is like a kind of like a like a tight high, sort of hypercardioid, and then it goes more into like an omni during the chorus. All right, you bring so in you some, just, of the, some of the uh, to, to bring some of the early reflections. Yeah, Interesting yeah, idea. It, yeah. So yeah, but um, and lots of their things have got these kind of innovative ideas really and uh, yeah i had a fantastic time so if anyone from lou is listening thanks <laughs> i appreciate it yeah it's, it's funny in the chat room uh, which is very much going to be like this because i mean obviously uh, yes fly me out to austria and i'll give your company a plug <laughs> but <laughs> but that's fair enough but i mean also oh, no, fly fly right. us out to japan and we yeah. will give we went to yeah. we were in hamamatsu at the, at the kind of mothership of uh you know that where yamaha is and the thing that you know I've not been there before. I've never been to one of the really big guys. Uh, and I'll just mention this briefly because when we went to this, there's this innovation road. And the whole thing was sort of designed around celebrating 45 years of synths. And they had a lovely little team of artists, a streaming team from uh, from uh, um, um, Germany and the European. And we just basically, they just used their facility and we just hung about and shot some content while we were there. Very, very pleased to be there. Uh, 45 years of making synths and all that business. But seeing the facility, we've got all these other videos that we're going to bring out over the time we, we did a tour of this innovation road which is like a history of Yamaha and it's just like the organ that Mr Yamaha made in 1887 you know that's when it all wow. started I mean and then you go through and there's all these kind of pictures of the workshops of people beating kind of trumpet horns and you know it's, it's very much a kind of uh, a skills and craft based company it's not like this sort of stamp them out in, in in massive factories although I'm sure there's a certain amount of that but it's it's interesting to see the stuff that goes on behind, you know, so we often sort of have these preconceived ideas of companies and you just think, oh, it's just this or it's just that. But it's very interesting to see behind the scenes. And we had a lovely time. Um, some of the finest sushi I've ever eaten in my life. Uh, sadly, <laughs> no, there wasn't a brand new synthesizer. I wonder whether there had, there was going to be, but it wasn't ready. I mean, I, I've not heard anything along these lines, um, but did you we did the, get... 
the montage and the uh, uh, and the um, uh, Modi X OSs, which you know, if you're into that stuff, does bring a lot of extra stuff in there. So did you good. sorry? Did you get to eat the sea anemone when you were there? <laughs> no, I didn't eat sea anemone. Oh, the, the, the most ambitious <laughs> thing I horrible. ate was uh, was a really good uh, sashimi, uh, tuna sashimi, which is the finest thing I've ever eaten. I think quite possibly. It was great fun, and it was. <laughs> it's a very interesting because we were there at the same time as the Rugby World Cup. Which yes. so we were, we flew over with a whole bunch of rugby fans, Irish rugby fans, and then you know as each day progressed, there were sort of fans of differing nationalities showing up. There were a load of uh, South African guys staying at our hotel, you know. So it was it was it's it's an amazing city. And we went to Five G, which I've posted. We also met Tori Letzler, who I've posted an interview with, and we've got some more stuff. She did a Friday fun thing. One of the I tell you what, one of the really big uh, before I get onto actual topics, one of the really big deals was. We, we thought we were going to get hold of, the plan was to do a few Friday funds. You know, there'd be a room and we could bring a couple of Yamaha synths together and we could kind of grab anything. As it, as it turned out, when we got there, all the really nice stuff was kind of locked down in this exhibition <laughs> set. So we didn't get any access to that. So we, all, we, all we had were refaces. And, uh, you know, which was a bit disappointing, but then actually playing with them, they were really good. Mm -hmm. And everybody was just gravitating to this room and jamming with the CPs. And one thing that came out of this is, um, I know when they were first announced, you know, they were considered a bit of a letdown because everybody's expecting an analogue thing. But actually now they tell us that they can't make them fast enough. People are just really, Mm. they've they've really kind of blossomed. And they are good fun. You've seen them out. You've seen them on stages. Like I mentioned at uh, seeing Stereo Lab, they had a couple on stage. All oh, right, it so, makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And we got to interview uh, or speak to Guy Yuji, uh, uh, who it was the engineer there. We also spoke to Toshi, Kam- uh, who is the guy who invent who who brought did the physical modelling and also invented all this VCM technology, the virtual circuit. Model. I mean, real brains the size of planets. Uh, mm. So very interesting time. Anyway. That's that's enough of that. Let's um let's get onto a, a bit of a topic. I mean, this is kind of awesome. Uh, this is the this dropped uh, probably a couple of days mm-hmm. or just while we're at. This is the the news of the Analog Solutions Colossus, which on the face of it essentially looks like an EMS Synthi One Hundred. It is absolutely massive. Although they do say they've made it, it's inspired by, and they've made sure it's the right size to fit through most doorways, which is a very smart move <laughs> because we're constantly hearing about people who've got them and can't get them in and out of their buildings, or not constantly, but we do have stories of that. So yeah, this is of course this twelve VCOs uh, uh, and and the pin boards. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, they reckon it's going to be about 25 grand. You know, it's an expensive synth, but nowhere near as expensive as uh, an actual Synthy 100, which, although he says it's inspired by, it, it isn't. It's, you know, uses a lot of the the technology that analogs. And it's it's a bodacious move. I mean, I just can't believe that mm. someone would actually do that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. astonishing. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just a bit flabbergasted. I know, Yoad, are you starting to clear some space for one of these? This would make a beautiful centrepiece, even if you never turn yeah. it on. <laughs> I know. You know, I was thinking about the price tag, uh, 25 grand. So if, if you were a cab driver, then you would spend that much on your car because you would make your livelihood out of that. At least. Uh, at least. And if you're making music, you would... You know, there's no reason why you why you wouldn't spend that much if this is how you make your living. Uh, I'm just wondering whether I mean, obviously, I would love to have one, um, but I'm just wondering whether something like this actually can generate enough income just for the fact of just the fact of the fact of having one can generate enough income to justify itself or is is it purely for hobbyists you know uh, oh i see uh, what you mean so actually for the buyer rather than the seller right or or just for people who you know i love synths and i have way more than than i need and than i use and it's like my hobby i collect them and i like them and i uh, get grief when they're not working and there's always like one or two who have some faults in them and stuff like that and but i find myself more and more using plugins and just getting on with the show and uh and you know obviously analog synth sounds sound better we we talked briefly about the hydra synth which is quite an exception there's one there's another one i have which is the the 
World of Microwave X, um, XT, which, you know, albeit digital and all, it just sounds awesome. There's something about it which sounds great, but other, you know, that's kind of, these are, the, the, there are a few exceptions, but as a rule, analog synths do sound bigger and lusher and deeper and everything, and you just, you know, yeah. but, but at the end of the day, when you, when you work on productions and you're making beats and oh, you, sure. you want to get on with stuff, you just have amazing plugins and you can just do stuff um with them quickly and it's and they sound great and they clean and they're in tune and they don't break and things like that you're, you're, um, all, of, all of these things are, are right you you are speaking wise words i i, I mean I, mm -hmm. but nonetheless there's there's something i mean in, in in some ways you know you know the matrix brew is a muscle synth you know it's it's not necessarily it's it's big it's a statement i mean it's probably the aside from I'm trying to think if there's anything else currently on the market that has that sort of largesse i suppose the schmidt but that's a completely different ball game i mean that's yeah. at the same sort of price i know matt you're going to be pushing for bims to budget one of these in the uh, electronic music laboratory <laughs> well from an educational standpoint, I think this would be something great to put in front of students in terms of, well, it's just a completely different headspace for working, for making music, using something like this. Well, you could get and three fact, of them I, I, around it at the time. You could actually, you could teach three students at the same the time. Yeah, <laughs> whole class around it. There we go. Sold. I, I could even have a little, um, I could even get underneath it and just sort of get out the way or something. Um but I, I didn't, I've actually just moved house and actually I've got a little bit of money left over from my deposit. And for the first time in my life, I could actually probably afford one of these. And um, this is sort of thing I'd write off immediately. But the way that I've been going, and I suppose it's just different for me because I, I don't run a commercial studio. I'm working less and less with more with clients now and I'm, I'm just making my own music as a producer and I mean, I'm still doing remixes and what have you, but having something like this sat in front of my new living room and uh, really appeals to me. Just, again, for that headspace in terms of, imagine they're sitting there in the evening, plugging this thing in and just creating with it and recording whatever comes out and then unpatching it and saying, that that's it. And then just taking that approach to music production and um, away from the computer, away from the micro-editing and, and all the DAW kind of stuff, really. I, I just think it'd be so great to do. And I suppose if I looked at all my equipment in my studio, you know, if I sold all my synths, my modulars and desks and, and what have you, and just kept the essentials, you know, soon, soon adds up to quite a few thousand pounds. So you can come, you can get some way towards this if you start looking actually how much stuff you actually own already. Um, yeah, I know. Absolutely. I mean, it, it does. I, I suppose this is just the one hit. Do it all in one. Yeah. Do it in one. Well. Gaz, I, I don't think it would quite fit in your space, but, well, you'd never get it up the <laughs> stairs, would you? But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd find a way. i got my Hammond up here. Um, what I was going to say, I mean, Tom Carpenter, he said to me, oh, you know, I've got something big coming along so with a bit of a wink, and I'm thinking, okay. Literally. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> Wow. I mean, what do we know about it? I mean, how how can we read the panel on that? I mean, is it the sort of um Well, it's essentially you know, it's, it's an homage. It doesn't use it's yeah. you know, it's it, it there there are sort of obviously the pinboards that the, I think the, the one's a C V pinboard yeah. and one's a one's an analog mm. pinboard. And then That's like you've a mixer got on the twelve right oscillators. Yeah, 12, 12 oscillators, oscillators. Uh, I, I think I did, I can't remember, I mean lots, basically. There's mm. a, a bunch of stuff. I'm just trying mm. to think where it was. There's a spec here somewhere, isn't there? Two spring reverbs. Yeah, sequences in there. Uh, sequences, yeah. specifications. The only thing that I have in addition to this is a drum machine sat right in that where that blank panel is. I'd probably just have something <laughs> like a Tempest or, or something really cool, oh, yeah. like some sort of that, like that center <laughs> section is just gagging to be uh, to have a MIDI yeah. controller put into it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a Behringer. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, Colossus, what a perfect name for it, though. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's quite a cheeky thing. I mean, I think it makes yeah. sense because I mean, you got to bear in mind that Moog made those uh, System One Hundred. Uh, what well, no, the the system, the what what were they? The really big one, the System. Five system seven. I can't even remember what it was called now, but it was 55. the full fifty-five. The fifty-five that was mm. I don't know fifty or hundred grand. I mean, it was really expensive. Mm -hmm. 
And it's a big, and lots of people buy, buy, bought those not necessarily for everyday use, but as mm-hmm. an investment or because they're collect. I mean, in the same way that people buy beautiful vintage guitars, it's just a nice yeah. thing to have. And and so maybe that maybe he thought saw that and thought, mm, you know what? Maybe if I build something like this, I mean, because it, it's going to be a limited edition. I think they're going to make twenty or something. Did he say? Right. I'm trying to see. So it's not, you know, but yeah. I mean, twenty at twenty five grand is is hmm. d- a decent revenue. Have you? I mean, if it could be built quick enough, I suppose that's the thing. It's like, it's a lot of work, but it's just a real, I just think it's a brilliant con, you know, go for it. I think that's that's from a, from a mark, from marketing perspective, that's a great move because, you know, even if they don't make the money back, the investment back, it puts them in a, like a different league in terms of of a synth manufacturer. So it's not just Eurex stuff. So, okay, we, we now in the kind of, Moog, you know, um, synthesizer.com sort of thing yeah. uh, in the same in the same league, and that's that's quite a clever move, I think. Either way, whatever happens with it, and, and I wish analog, them all the all, success. Absolutely, and all yeah. analog, so no firmware issues to deal with, which is a <laughs> big thumbs up because that's the one that seems to get everybody with lots of analog. The firmware yeah, that's, that's is probably the that's probably the only piece of of kit that will work with the new Apple OS. nicely slid in there yeah i i I like that one right um let's uh we've got a couple of uh messages we've also got some our friends uh over so soft tube uh of course have the new monument bass which is a bass instrument designed purely for bass uh some really interesting synths have been sampled and wavetabled uh multi-sampled designed at the kind of lower range but all heavily processed in terms of to, get to make them fat so a lot of the sounds that come out are very mix ready it's a very interesting and unique processing uh, multi-band compression sort of interesting bits of grit and noise and sort of analogification if that's a word lots of different presets uh, we, I did a review of it actually and it sounded really nice it's got a, a lot of like I say sort of mix ready bass I mean what else can I say I think it's about 99 bucks uh, modern bass mix ready bass if you want to check it out, head over to softtube.com and uh, they periodically have sales on it. I'm not sure if it's on offer at the moment, but do check it out if you're looking for something that's just going to slot right in, fill up the lower end of your um, situation. Um, right, so uh, what's next? Oh, yeah, let's have a look at this. This is another Dreadbox moment. So uh, we like Dreadbox. This is a new DIY kit called Antiphon. Comes with a spring tank. And it's an eight sine wave uh, oscillator bank with individual pitch and level control for each of them. Uh, Oscillator seven and eight can be pitched to low frequency mode to create uh, LFOs. There's also, I think it's got distortion and a high pass and a low pass filter. And you could just tune up this sort of massive bank of uh, sine waves. And I believe you can CV a lot of these things as well, so that you can... Interesting, that looks like Yanis there. Just a great idea, and it's €165, comes in a kit. In fact, we got sent a couple because uh, I have the... Nicks for review as well. So, uh, yeah, this thing, I tell you what, this thing sounds great, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, Antiphon, which is an intro. I'll come to you, Matt, first, because I know you're a big fan of modular stuff, and this is quite a unique. I mean, they, they seem to do this very well, and they make things that are just sort of unique and aren't trying to be the same as everything else. They fill their own sort of niche. Yeah, absolutely. I love everything that these, these people are, are putting out. Um, really inspiring, and I can't wait to see the, the one that you've got there as well. Um, and this actually doesn't look too hard to put together because it comes as um, it comes as a, 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 a kit, doesn't it? So you can build it yeah. yourself. I don't know there if there is soldering do any, involved. A bit of soldering involved, and I don't know how much I, I I've done a lot of soldering and built studios and patch bays in, in my in my life, and uh, I don't know how good my soldering skills are these days. I think I'd rather someone else build them for me these days. Um, but for the price, if you can do it and you want to take your time, this is this is absolutely fantastic for the price and the functionality on it. Um, I was wondering, so you've got these you've got these sine waves, you've got these eight sine waves that uh, you've got individual pitch control, VCAs on them, and volume control. 
I didn't. I, I wasn't sure if they um, do they FM each other in any way or any. Cross I think you can. I think you can patch the output of one into into other okay. so you can so uh, there isn't yeah. the, the thing that i'm seeing here i don't see that there's an actual vca per one there's a knob for each one i don't know whether it's oh, possible right. i mean if there's a knob there presumably there would be the potential to patch or to create a cv control for that you know yes. bit, a bit of hacking a bit of modding so that's quite possible filters aren't uh, resonant but what was that matt oh we just froze we'll <laughs> we'll hold that thought and we'll come to you, Gaz. Yeah, he was making a... Oh, no, he's back. Yeah. He came back. Sorry, we lost you there for right. a second, Matt. Yeah, hello, you just froze. Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, yeah, I was just saying, I think what we heard in the video there, that distortion was the gain on the reverb, which is quite interesting. Yeah. I don't think it's a separate distortion module. It's more of the distortion applied to the input of the reverb, which is going to give you a really interesting characteristic as opposed to just slapping a you know distortion on the end of the the main output or whatever definitely. so i like the sound of that definitely and you've got filter high pass and low pass on there I, i'd love to know if they are pre or post the reverb as well again because you're just going to get different sounds depending where you put your filters before your reverbs and, and that true. kind of thing as well so i like this don't have that great. does look interesting mm. though definitely looks really great I know you guys, yeah. I mean, we're both big fans of Dreadbox. I mean, we uh, love the amazing. since the Erebus Mark II. Have you got a Mark II or a Mark I? I can't remember. I got a Mark II, I've got, yeah. yeah. And, Which uh, was the, and, and the, the Abyss, and the Mark III. So. Yeah, and the Abyss. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, the other big news, though, I mean, is that range of affordable modular uh, units mm. as well that's kind of come out been announced in the same sort of period i think uh all very lovely colors um <laughs> which <laughs> i think makes you rack do you know i mean gosh i've been so these guys yeah look at these and these are kind of yeah the chromatic modules uh oh, these yeah. look really 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 good i um, like that They're, they've all got uh, names i don't know the only one i don't <laughs> yeah. know so we've got hysteria i don't know what you eudaimonia is that's some, a word i don't recognize <laughs> nostalgia obviously ataxia not quite sure what that is if that is a word <laughs> dystopia and utopia i like that yeah. i like the kind nice. of themic the themed yeah that looks kind of fun and this is yeah so i mean they had like the white lines modules before didn't they so i'm not sure if these are a replacement for that line um but i think they're all reasonably affordable aren't they i think they're all under 100 euros each module um oh, let me see so 79 to 99 i think it says here yeah so i suppose you could put together a pretty cool rack using just these um and uh, I don't know, maybe partly it's to do with the colours of it, but I'm I'm really being drawn to this. I mean, I, you know, famously, well, not infamously, I'm I'm really oh nervous. You've not done the Eurac, yeah? Do you think Eurac. you might? You think they might turn oh, you? Oh God, maybe turn me. Yeah, I'm being pulled in. I, I, I think this might be the one. But I mean, yeah, I just think. There is something unique about the Dreadbox sound. I don't know quite how 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 they've done it, but everything I've heard by Dreadbox just has this. It's got a thing, mm. hasn't it? It's got a thing. Yeah, sure. it does sound like. I mean, it really does sound very vintagey sounding, doesn't it? If that's um, yeah, uh, there's full range know, as well. There's lots full of stuff. Range, stuff, yeah. Uh, and I think, gosh. I, I saw a rack with those in and in the well in the video earlier, wasn't it? And then the antiphon at the top as well. And uh, yeah, foo, that looks fun. Okay, hold yeah. on, I'm getting we're Tempted. getting just coming Tempted. in, just just hot off the press. Audio nerd in the mm. chat room has said a taxi is a neurological sign consisting of a lack of voluntary coordination <laughs> of muscle movements that can include gait abnormalities, <laughs> speech changes, and abnormalities in eye movements. I suppose that's, yeah, that's an interesting now. concept. I know, yeah, Ad, I mean, you, you, you. When we came to see you, you know, you were sort of, you, you, you felt that your modular stuff was perhaps um, not not holding its paying its rent, as it were, in your in your highly uh, uh, expensive commercial space. So I'm supposing perhaps more, more, maybe more modules is not where your eye is drawn at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. However, when you when you show me eight sine waves or twelve sine waves, eight, yeah, uh, eight eight sine wave oscillators, obviously the the term uh, additive synthesis comes to mind, yeah. and uh, and I love 
my first additive synthesizer was the K, the Kawai um, K5, K5M, um, and and after that the FZ, the Casio FZ10, the the sampler which had and the Synclavier. I I worked a little bit on the Synclavier, uh, not enough, but uh, but still. And you could do such amazing stuff with uh, with additive synthesis. Actually, you can do. Oh, I think that even to this to this day, um, m- most of speech synthesizers are made of are made using um, additive synthesis. So it's a very very sophisticated um, kind of way of of synthesizing uh, or, or creating sounds. And um, I used to have a Korg Delta, which used to have one, and obviously the um, the Hammond. Uh, organs and all the you know drawbar organs uh, use those. What would be really really nice would be the the option, like I said, doing a mode or something, and and being able to to connect a different envelope to each one of the oscillators. So mm. then you can set you can do stuff like marimbas and and Fender Rhodes and things like that, where you can have like the the tines up there very short and then the fundamental kind of longer and things like that. So that would be really cool to have in the analog domain uh, because I don't know of anything that is capable of doing such a thing with, uh, within, you know, the analog domain. So that could be cool. Yeah. I wonder whether, whether they will offer some, I'm sure there'll be some, some geeks on the web that will, will find waves, ways to, uh, to do some mods and, and stuff for that. That could be really inter- interesting. I think the challenge with something like this is how wide the range of each oscillator is and then how easy it is to pick, to pluck at the pitch out of it on the fader because that's something that I find, I mean, when I was looking at the Teenage Engineering um, yellow thing, the range, the, the sweet, you know, the, there's no controller or any of that. So it's almost impossible to find the right spot. So it's down to whether he gets the controller right on it. I know the 7 and 8 have got, he's got the spec there, which it goes from one minute to 10 kilohertz over the range, over the tra- travel of what's that? That's probably... Uh, I like one minute. That's three, a nice frequency. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> three, what's that? Three, That's quite low. Three, yeah. Three way you know, a three mil, a 30 mil fader. So it's going to be, that'd be kind of, it could be potentially quite challenging to dial in those sweet spots. But I suppose if you've got the CV inputs, like, yeah, I mean, you could, mm. you could have some programmable stuff that would just bang it straight to where you want it to go. If you've got CV, I don't know, Matt, mm, cool. you probably know of a module that will, will, will spit out a load of preset CV volts and then just go bang. So there was, yeah, I'm sure there's a way, isn't there? We, we can the new polyend preset would probably do that. Yeah, it? well, and also I suppose the Ableton Live CV tools would do it as well. You just have a oh, bunch yeah. of output, but you would need eight uh, CV kind of capable outputs. So I suppose that would be the only only caveat. Yeah, Mark there. of the Unicorn uh, twenty four oh eight or you know one of those. Yeah, just a bit excessive for a hundred and sixty five euro DIY kit. But yeah, I suppose you could do that. that then you, but yes, that that would work too. Something with a lot of outputs. But yeah, we like the Dreadbox stuff. Like I say, I've got the Knicks here. And I'm going to be uh, reviewing that. And I, 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 from what I've enjoyed playing with it so far, it really has some interesting, you know, the, I think that some of the things that I was worried about before was that the, the ranges on the mods was not slow enough and not fast enough. And I think they fixed that. And then yeah, uh, the, the filter routing, all of the sort of filter routing, which was really a bit impenetrable in the Knicks. Is a lot more straightforward and it kind of seems to make more sense. And the yeah, is that so one stereo? Nick? No, it's not no. stereo. Uh, unfortunately, I yeah. think the uh, yeah the the regular unless there's you know maybe a stereo output that I haven't figured out. Yeah. I, I mean the herb, so, herb in it. I think uh, previously it was Tom Verb, Tom Herb yeah. provided the. I think provided the. the it was a, it was a, it was a splash. It was the Crazy Tube Circuit splash. Ah, sorry, I beg your the, pardon. In the Mark One, and I think this now is a new algorithm. I'm not sure if it's from them or but it's, oh, it's, okay. it's a different yeah. group of algorithm jolly good so again the the antiphon antiphon this is mono as well so anything for me that involves reverbs and and lots of ambient voicing if you like oh. stereo for me is is always essential but um yeah but i hey, don't know whether or not you can stereoize it it doesn't look like it you might be able to split it out with the high pass i don't know 
I mean, Trend- m- most most regular uh, reverbs, spring reverbs are usually, you know, cheap ones like that, you know, rather than an EMT or something, are, are generally mono, I believe. Mono, yeah. Got, yeah. Dreadbox so, are like a mono company, don't virtually everything they yeah, do. Yeah, I know like what you mono. mean. Yeah, you know. yeah, there is a mono-ness yeah. to them. <laughs> okay, right. Um, let's uh, actually. I should probably. We should probably just quickly uh, bring in our friends at Isotope because we got the competition as well. Presenting Neutron Three, the modern way to mix. Bring your workflow into the 21st century with eight modern mixing tools, all at your fingertips in one mothership plugin. Starting a mix can take a while. But with the all-new Mix Assistant, Neutron can listen to your audio and quickly suggest a custom starting point for an individual track or set levels for your entire mix. Shape sounds like never before with the new Sculptor module. Match audio to a target sonic profile and instantly sculpt it to sound more like itself or like something else completely. Reach out and touch your audio with Neutron's immersive controls and visualizations. Neutron 3 comes equipped with Visual Mixer, a tool to help you effortlessly manipulate the landscape of your mix. Neutron 3, the modern way to mix. And of course, you can download a demo as in all of their plugins. I think it operates for 10 days uh, if you go to isotope.com. We have a competition. We're looking for the hashtag ProMixing and the hashtag Neutron3 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. That's a Twitter competition. So just pop a tweet out with the hashtag ProMixing, one word, and the hashtag Neutron3 to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And you could win a copy of the Neutron3 Advanced, which is a little bit more swanky. In fact, we have a winner from last show. Uh, this is a chap called Martin Peters, who is at Atorks. Uh, so you are were picked by the supercomputer uh, well, the random number generator, frankly, and then a good bit of manual counting up a list, you know. But you can't beat a bit of uh, that's a slight analog aspect to the uh, to the way that we pick the winners. Um, so, Martin Peters, if you want to get in touch and if you want to enter the competition, just carry on. So, um, let's see. Let's. I think we should probably. I don't know whether to go for reason. Eleven rack has been sitting there for a very long time. I think we should probably give it a bit of air, just because. Uh, it's at- Anyone who makes music will tell you there's no one set path. There's no right answers. Okay. <laughs> Maybe there are right answers. answers. There's no right <laughs> answers. Well, that's a, that, we'll that's leave that on that cliffhanger. Basically, this is the news that Reason has uh, 11 has dropped. It's actually just shipping. I think they announced it a while back and it sort of sat on the topic list, but it, it never quite kind of it got usurped. Uh, so this time we're going to talk about it. The interesting stuff about Reason 11 is I mean, probably the biggest news other than the six new uh, devices is the fact that the rack extensions or the Reason rack is now can now operate as a VST3 and you can have it within your DAW environment, which yes. for many uh, is the sort of thing that was yes, missing. Indeed. So, uh, yes. and because the, it, it was a very, uh, you know, a Reason has always been a kind of closed environment and the rack extension went a long way to sort of uh, changing that because it allowed developers to to move. I know uh, Dave Spears. Uh, they did something. The GeForce did. Uh, I think they did an Mtron, didn't they? And didn't they do a filter as well? But now you can get that. So this is kind of quite a big deal. I'm not a Reason user, so I can't really comment too much. But uh, I noticed Yoad, you had a you had a positive uh, utterance there. So th- I mean, this is quite a big deal for them. I mean, but they do have Absolutely. to do something because when you're a closed closed you know off like this, then you have to be you have to show new features, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I was always tempted with the reason since it came out because it looked so cool and everything. But just the the the, the thought of moving to another DAW plus when it came out, there was not really it was kind of a groove box or a, what you call it a tracker more yeah. than than a DAW. And these days you can record audio and everything. Um, I just noticed that they also mentioned that you can now mute individual notes on the matrix editor on the key editor, which is kind of, you know, so which only shows that that the the actual program itself is not that advanced in terms of of MIDI and, yeah. and probably audio editing, uh, but now when it's available or when it will be available as uh, VST or audio units, that'll be amazing because they have some really wicked 
noises and sequences and uh, loopers and stuff like that and mm-hmm. just uh, I used it for for a while using rewire and all that and it was just a, always a nightmare so um, so now I welcome this uh, this new release very much I think I'm gonna definitely get it yeah. and uh, and start using it and no, also well, it's very it's very mature mm-hmm. so that so they've been yeah. They've been, you know, uh, going on for like 15 years or something. So just imagine the amount of, of presets and, and things and, and oh, just that you huge. can get just out right out of the box. It's mind blowing. Yeah. I've definitely got to get that. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, cause, yeah. Gareth, because Rewire was sort of invented to get around, circumvent the fact that it didn't play within others. So, But, of yes. course, when you save your DAW document, you don't save all the presets. Whereas now this way, it's going to yeah. be it will. I mean, this, I mean, yeah, a lot of people are saying, why wasn't this done earlier? And, I, I, you know, but I mean, now it's done. Brilliant. I mean, it does actually represent a really good value, you know, value for money if you're just thinking about, if you're thinking about it as a plugin into your existing workflow. And I mean, you know, it absolutely was the kind of um, the drawback. I mean, you know, a reason like, I gosh, was it probably reason quite a while back when they introduced Record as a separate piece of software that you mm-hmm. could run in tandem and then you know to be able to bring your audio tracks in but for me the thing that always let it down it just for me i know loads of people think it's brilliant but uh was i, I never really got on that well with the sequencer side of things and i always thought that was a shame because it sounded so good um and as joad says you know this is very mature piece of software and uh, uh and yeah and you get a massive amount of stuff so um you know now uh, I'm not entirely sure what the difference between e, uh, the the suite uh, was. So, so 359 euros for the regular Reason 11, and 549 for the suite. So, I'm not sure exactly what extra comes in the suite. I guess it's probably more more, more rack extensions. Which more, make, I mean, but more, the thing is, rack, oh, rack extensions, uh, right? That, and that makes it, you know, that makes it quite mm. a lot of money for a bunch of plugins. I mean, because if you bear in mind, you know, you buy Logic for. 250 quid and all the so it, it, it's competing well less respect. than 150 yeah. You know, yeah yeah and that does come with an enormous amount of stuff but um but because of this sort of uh you know the legacy of it i think it's really interesting i'd be really curious to see how easy it is to move projects across that were started in reason i mean is there any sequence aside of it in the au or does it just like literally act as the rack as a um so all the sequencing, all the MIDI no, sequencing. I think you would get. Takes... I think you would get all your step sequencers and uh, and and loopers right, and all you. that with it. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, you know, and a great thing with Reason is really good fun patching around. You know, flipping the rack around and then sort of, um, you know, being able to sort of patching patch in ways. You know, and that's something that DAWs typically have always been quite poor at. So this idea of being able to bring it into your existing workflow, <laughs> I think it's a really smart. It's move. funny, isn't it? I mean, even after all these years, with just the fact that the patch the patch cords have gravity and yeah, the spot is still a, a USP. It's kind of it is. <laughs> whereas you know we've got. Bitwig and all those things that have got, but they don't have jiggly patch mm. cords. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Matt. Yeah. Um, is this something that I, I know if you are, or I mean, do you do, do you have much demand for reason in your coursework? And um, do people come in using it? And yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people come in using all sorts: um, Cubase, Fruit Loops, um, and yeah, Reason as well. And we we um, we support them in in the use of that. You know. Essentially, they all want to um, make music in their own way and create their own voices, if you like, as a producer. So, um, yeah, we, we we support them in any software that they want to use in in any way that at all. But obviously, obviously, we try to get people using things more like Pro Tools because Pro Tools is still in any studio that you walk walk into around the world as its main DAW. I think it's fair to say, and Logic being a good all rounder and so. enables your your main kind of but jumping between the studio and, and the stage. Um, so we, we do focus on those three pieces of software, but now this has come out and reason now works as a, a kind of standalone plugin within any of those DAWs enables any student or anyone who started out working with reason to, to jump into another DAW and start yeah. integrating a whole new DAW in with a practice that they're already um, used to using, which is Reason. I mean, I, I, I've got Reason. I've got it installed. I think I'm going to – I think you have to upgrade, don't you, just to get the plug-in version. 
I don't think you can use an old version as as a plugin. It's an eleven, so yeah, it's probably is. Yeah, and yeah. in the chat room, uh, there's been a couple of comments saying there aren't any sequences in the plugin version, but oh. I, I don't know if that's gospel or not. I mean, it's from failed Muso, so he's usually the voice, and he's he should. He's I a, think yeah, he's a reason guy, so I think he probably would know. Yeah. Uh, um, but, yeah. Well, I mean, you, I mean, for what you're getting though, when I mean, I love the drum machine still inside of here, the Kong drum designer when that came out in reason, I was like, yeah, that's great. The uh, the kind of space echo emulation, the distortion units, um, the pitch shifters. There's this really kind of old school sounding lo-fi tape warbler um, plugging in there, and then and then of course, as we've mentioned, you've got the uh, wobbly cables when you spin it round, and it becomes <laughs> modular in itself. In that you can then yeah. you can split signals and repatch signals and create weird feedback loops and and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, great stuff. Yeah. And, and they've been around a while, these guys. They've been to, hats off to them. You know, they've built their own kind of ecosystem in a way. And I guess that's why they haven't done this earlier is because they've developed their own sort of standard of plugins and way of working. Then they opened it up to developers to to develop the, the kind of racks, um, the additional plugins and that kind of thing. Mm. And now that works as an ecosystem. You open that up to work inside a DAW, and it's just going to allow them to sustain their kind of business model, if you like. Uh, yeah, well, that, I do. I mean, great. I do hope so because I mean, they, they you know, they, they've well, been like I say, been around for such a long time. So yeah. One, yeah. one of the great things with Reason though is how efficient it, well, how efficient it was or it is in terms of uh, those plugins. Uh, you know, gosh, <laughs> like some well of like things like really well optimized. So I'd be right, really okay. curious to see if that optimization carries across into, uh, you know, into the DAW and just how much overhead the actual, um, you know, the plugin mm. version will, you know. Yeah, well, that's a, that's guess, a fair point. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know the answer to that, but yeah. Okay. Well, I don't want to dwell on it too long because we've also got this massive synth that uh, has oh, yeah. uh, turned up. So this is the... This is the GS Music Zeus, which is uh, currently, this isn't the 12, but this is a prototype. This is 12 voice analog, three oscillator, three LFO, three ADSR, I believe, uh, two VCOs, sorry, two VCOs, two sub oscillators, four pulp filter, three LFOs, two ADSR, a prototype. No pricing info available yet. And this is just a. I hesitate to say it. It's a rather pedestrian walk through some rather unimpressive presets. So I'm sure all of that will change. <laughs> but one thing it did bring out to me is that you can't afford to let this kind of stuff go out when there's so much competition. It has to sound impressive. This is this is not the the demo I would have I would have said yes to. But we don't know how much it's going to be. I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be an affordable thing. I don't know. If, I, I did do some research on it to try and find out if there's any more stuff. But, you know, 12 voice multi-timbral it's going to be as well. Analog poly. Hmm. You can't can't say no to that sort of stuff. Um, I know, Yoad, it's sort of quite pretty. It's quite similar, apart from the, uh, it's got a similarity to like Voyager-like or uh, Matrix Brute with a little flip. But we were talking previous to the show, weren't we, that... Um, that, you know, since Hydrosynth came out, which is the new digital synth on the block, it's sort of every analog is almost feeling a bit pedestrian, and it's no fault, you know, it's mm -hmm. not the Zeus. I mean, I'm sure the Zeus is going to be fantastic and sound great, but it's quite interesting how that seems to have pushed the the, the bar, you know, the goalposts to the, the the kind of parameters outside of what we've ordinarily expected. And I, I'm like I said, I was playing this to uh, Lee Kemp came over this morning to borrow a synth to because uh, he's going to be up at Synthfest, which will will be there at the weekend. I do come up and say hi. Myself, Gaz, and Andy will be there. Um, and I just sort of played him a little, you know, so check the the hydrosynth there, and it was even coming back to it again and just going, oh my goodness, all of that good mm -hmm. stuff. It really does make it, you know, it's it's quite. Unfortunate, the timing in some ways. Um, well, I'm, you know, I hope it's. I, I'm. I can't wait to hear better demos or better or to to you know uh, to to find out what the capabilities are. There's there's something about every synth, or every guitar, or every musical instrument for that matter, that you know it it either captures you or not, and it's regardless completely. The, the specs are kind of irrelevant almost. You know, the fact yeah. that it has two oscillators or three or sub-oscillators or not, if you if you play it and you get like, wow, you know, I, I want this, then this is basically that's the only thing that matters. And, uh, 
the fact that it's multi-timbral is kind of kind of cool in a way because it's been so long since I've plugged kind of more than one use more than one MIDI channel to put it simple uh, you know playing like bass and then another thing on an analog synth I usually just pl- plug I play one you know you, you've been to the well, studio, my, one so, MIDI channel so, for everything yeah one MIDI channel for everything so when I hit the keyboard which is either there or here or here everything plays together and then I choose what I want to use and how to mix them together and to create layers and things like that it's been so long since I've actually used multi timbral outside the computer it will be nice to to get back to that without having to to do any patching and stuff by just connecting like one MIDI cable with eight uh, I presume or 12 yeah I don't MIDI know what the, yeah, we don't know yet what the even eight or six it doesn't matter and and then being able to do that 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 that's kind of cool but again it's just about the sound and it looks it you know it it looks the business. I just wonder how it sounds. And like you said, this demo doesn't really demonstrate it. So I'm just looking uh, at the I'll specs on the here. lookout for that. Yeah, there will be more, uh, I'm sure. Um, Anna, Matt, it's interesting. I mean, big poly. That was interesting what Joe uh, was saying about multi tremplality. It's sort of largely been superseded, hasn't it? I mean, we just don't, we just don't have it. I mean, we might get a split keyboard, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. I've talked about this sort of thing before. Um, in the studio uh, with a guy that I, I work with quite a lot um, uh, called Knightstown, it's also on Fat Cat Records, we tend to use a Dave Smith stuff quite a lot. Um, and the reason for that is just because he's a player. Um, he, you know, He's a true keyboard player, and he can get the most out of things like aftertouch and all of the modulation parameters and you can truly play it for someone like me. You put me in front of a, a keyboard like this and I'm still, I can play a C and a C minor yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then I move my hand up and down. Um, so that's why I guess why I use modulars because it makes what I do sound a lot more interesting than it is. Whereas, um, mm-hmm. you know, something like this, I totally agree with you, Adam. I'm, I'm, I'm yet to really hear something that makes me gravitate and pulls me towards this. You know, actually, one of the reasons I got into working with, with modulars was was mainly through polyphony. I was really interested uh, to hear what you know what a chord would sound like if it was made up of three different types of oscillators um, from completely different manufacturers. And when you com- start combining sounds like that together, and then what if you used to sequence through them? And um, in this kind of way that you would do with a chord uh, monopoly as well in that sort of sense so for me polyphony becomes really exciting um when when the voices are derived from multiple oscillators and multiple components as as opposed to perhaps just your kind of your standard ones it depends what the price is on this one nick you know if it's if it's under a grand happy days if it's going to be more like two or three you're right there's competition out there already for something like this but I hope they do well, and I hope it really talks to some people out there, and that and that people do buy this because you know, I, yeah, um, it deserves to do well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I get that. Yeah, only. I mean, it, has there ever been an Argentinian synth company before? That's a very good question. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not. <laughs> so, I'm not sure. Well, what I think they'll need to do to get to make this uh, a success, I think, is to embrace polyphonic aftertouch. I mean, obviously, the Hydrosynth does that, which is a fantastic tool. But, I mean, because it is um, a multi-timbral, then obviously that does open it up maybe to MPE and that sort of thing. And I think that that, again, is the area that it would need to exploit, really, to, to do well, because I think that is... You know, there's not a lot of things that support that in the analog realm, so that would be cool. I mean, like I'd loved it. I'd have loved it if the Deep Mind was um, ha- had that ability, but you know, it's monotimbral and can't be used in such a way. So I think you know, because this is at prototype stage, I would really urge them to consider uh, whatever expense, additional expense it is to kind of get that polyphonic after such. Because I mean, you'd probably find that yourself when you were playing with the Hydrosynth that just yeah, uh, just, just how much well, alive a sound feels it, with that. Well, especially when it's got five LFOs per voice. <laughs> right, okay. Because then wow. you're, or five envelopes, because then you're hitting a note and it's doing its own thing. And that could, that, that note can be controlled by the aftertouch hmm. for that note. And then another one will be doing something else. I mean, it's insanely uh, deep. <laughs> 
I was speaking of um, analog police, uh, sorry, multi-timbral synths. So the the Abyss, which is the Dreadbox Abyss, sadly discontinued. That had a little secret poly um, multi-timbral mode if you had, with a little dip switch on the back, and it would make each voice have its own analog uh, envelope, uh, amplitude envelope. Um, so you could actually send it four different MIDI channels and have four mono synths uh, in, in so independent of each other to a degree. And that's quite fun. And like what Yoad was saying, actually, when, when you do feed it four MIDI channels and play around with that, uh, it is, it, oh, there's some really cool stuff that you can do. I think it's, uh, yeah, so I think multi-timbral, Sure I think there's a one really, really big problem with uh, the analog synth control panel and poly uh, and, and multi timbrality, and it, you get the mm. same problem. I don't know you you've got the Rev uh, the Profit Rev two, and uh, there are other synths that use the same panel where you have layer switches and you whichever layer you're on. I mean the Summit does the same thing. It's a little clearer on the Summit, but imagine if you had four or five. It, it, mm-hmm. It's really hard to keep track of where you are. There hasn't been a kind of proper editing paradigm for editing multi timbrality. In an an, uh, in an analog kind of GUI type of setup that that works mm-hmm. that isn't confusing. I, I mean, I don't know whether whether you, but uh, yeah, when I was editing with the Rev two, I constantly found that I was reaching for a knob and it was the wrong layer, and, and you know, it was the wrong the rev, po- wrong layer. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, I know what you mean. I have, I actually have the same problem. I I know it's my shortcoming, but I have the same problem with the with the matrix, even though there's clearly, you know, different colors for the matrix and the program uh, change yeah uh, i still hit program change change by accident (laughs) and then you lose everything it's really yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. so things like that can be quite annoying yeah i agree and it's it's a difficult problem to solve It's it's a kind of modern gui issue you know which is when you're working purely digital it's sort of a lot easier uh because the controls are reassigned every time, and, and you know you you could you could move away from the classic layout. I mean, like this layout here, which is the the Zeus. You know, I, I'm not quite sure mm. how that will work. I think by the look of it, P1, P2, P3, P4 look like they might be the poly the the, the multi timbral part. So, yeah. so you know you've got to hit one of those, but then you really really need very strong color coding, lots of very strong visual mm-hmm. cues. Uh, the summit does it very well because the whole thing, all of the backlights change color, so it's fairly clear. It's like oh, I'm in the green layer or, the, or whatever it is, the the orange layer or the blue layer, and it, so it's it's easier than say the Rev Two, which which is also clear but not quite clear enough. You know, so it's it's an interesting sole problem that that modern instrument designers are going to have to try and solve uh, because it just it uh, isn't quite yet. You know, uh, we, we, we just got too spoiled, I think, working with computers and undos and things like that. Uh, back in the day, everything used to be kind of touch and go. Uh, I remember mixing on uh, um, flying faders and automation, like basically moving faders. When you start your mix, it, so you were doing your mix, working for an hour, for a few hours or a day or two days or something like that. And then when you were starting to to automate the mix, you had to do the, the initial pass. And if you hit, hit the wrong thing, it all the faders will, will zero, <laughs> you know, and, and <laughs> you know what I mean? So things like that were kind of quite common. Uh, you had to know what you're doing. And these days we're just used to... to just pressing all the buttons and and then you can always undo so this maybe it's a good exercise in in discipline <laughs> yeah maybe. well i mean i i think yeah but that sort of thing is 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 really hard to justify these days because i mean there's nothing worse than easily making than an interface that means it's very easy to lose your work and and the the point is by removing those barriers it means that you know that the kind of initial uh, creative spark or the kind of I'm following uh, this idea that I've got in my head. You, you don't want all of that stuff getting in the way to remember before you've executed it and then find, oh, it's gone. It's like, you know, so there are two ways. I mean, there's that, there's, and then there's, you know, Matt, the real time, the modular thing, here's the patch, bang, I put it down and it's gone. You know, that's it. You know, now I want it to be a bass sound, so I've got to change it. You know, there are two ways of looking at it, but it depends which way I suppose works best, right? Uh, yeah. I was just thinking, actually, are we aware of any multi-tumbral synths where each each part can kind of modulate another part? Do you know what I mean? Usually they're completely separate. Yeah, they're usually be... completely separate, aren't they? Yeah. I'm just thinking, yeah. you know, there's that 
that would make this be a, this would that would really interest me. Imagine having one part that you program, you've got a particular sound, then you program a second part on a, on a different layer, different part, and then somehow you can connect particular modulation between the two. Um, so you're uh, doubling you, up. You're doubling up your your modulation matrix effectively. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah, you, nice you are. Idea. Yeah, the voice allocation is still taken care of, I guess, because it's capable of running particular amounts of voices. So, I don't yeah. know. I just the electron, uh, you you will the have your sequencer to to play. You'll have it. Uh, you'll have to play the same part out of MIDI channel one and MIDI channel two in order for this to work, or set them both to you know it. There'll be some tweaking to do. The, yeah. The, mm. the way I would do that, I think, with Electron Analog 4 is use the macros to control LFOs. It's not the same as what you're saying. That's very good. But you can, on the Electron, you could set up a macro that is controlling the different, you know, and actually different on rates different on parts. And then, and then map something parts. to the macro. Yes. Ah, okay. That's one, a, yeah, one interesting. way. Yeah. Wow, that's a oh, bit of a so kind of like, okay, but yeah, <laughs> just what you want to be dealing with. But yeah, I, I, take, I take your point. Interesting stuff, though. I mean, like I say, we do wish them well. I mean, it's still early. I don't yeah. know when we're going to be seeing this. I'm, yeah. I'm guessing, I'm guessing we'll probably, I don't, maybe they're going to be, I don't know if they'll be at Synthfest, probably not, but I guess NAM or mm. Superbooth. I don't know how, how far down the line they are with this, but it would be nice to see I, it. In the I fair. guess, you know, with an expensive synth for a, a company that I don't know has any heritage beyond this. I don't know if they do. I mean, I was looking on their website. They very, made a mono very... synth, I think. Oh, did they? I think. Um, uh, okay. Um, but, I mean, that's going to be, you know, it's a big ask, isn't it, for people to sort of lay out lots of money on a on a new company. I mean, it does go. happen. But they I made mean... these desktop synths. Ah, oh, they look quite nice. Uh, yeah, so a couple of those, and then that. <laughs> there we go. Straight <laughs> in there. Good on them. Good on them. Good luck to them, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's nice. The panel is readable, though, isn't it? I like the the layout is good. I mean, yeah. it's quite mm. classic, the layout. So, yeah. you know, I, I can imagine once it's actually in front of you, and uh, I'm assuming that, that, that the rake of that um, angle... I suppose so. I mean, I suppose the thing is what I was getting, what I was getting at is, you know, with Mm -hmm. something that is DSP based where you can have ridiculous uh, modulation counts coming back to a sort of fixed architecture, subtractive model sort of feels like, well, you, you sort of need the, the basic elements have to sound really compelling or there has to be some other, other trickery or, 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 you know, USP that makes you go, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That'll do this or that, the other. And, And, you know, so, that's the thing that they've got to think about, I suppose, and, and the price point, obviously, because price point forgives almost everything. So, And it looks like they've borrowed a little bit off the, the deep mind, doesn't it? The way the voices with the little, uh, with the 12 oh, LED the light, lights. Yeah, well, lot, no, lots of, really lots of, a few synths are Other doing things that now, are actually. Yeah, a few yeah. synths are doing that uh, Yeah. Right. Well, I think that probably feels like a good time to uh, call it a day. I know that we had we did have one topic, but I, I think uh, it's it's getting on a bit. So I've got to, <laughs> I've got to get back to um, it's my partner's birthday um, this week, so I've got some preparations to do. So uh, I need to be uh, because I've been away as well. I can't get be in in, in bad books. Uh, but I want to say thanks to everybody for joining, Matt. Uh, thanks for joining us. I hope your new uh, place gets sorted out and you're in your studio soon. You get maybe a holiday. There you go. Don't buy a synth. <laughs> buy a holiday, mate. Well, no. as I say, I'm going to, I'm going to New York, uh, Audio yeah. Engineering Society, in a couple of weeks. And the, the new place that I'm moving into, the studio, it's it's actually a converted church. So it's, it's a big old space. It's a bit echoey, so I've got I've got to sort that out. But um, I'm going to kick off all my my live streaming and uh, all the YouTube stuff I've been doing because I've just not had time to do that with moving, obviously, and things in boxes. So in a couple of weeks, I'll be I'll be doing a lot more streaming, a lot more stuff on there for you if uh, people want to check that out. Excellent, and they can find that on the, the YouTube channel, your YouTube channel. So, oops, wrong button. That's the button I was on. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you, Matt. Um, uh, will uh, and also, um, Yoad Nebo, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, do stay tuned for uh, the piece that we filmed with Yoad. We've we, we've got so much stuff <laughs> to, to backed up now, <laughs> but it's good to have it all in the can. It's uh, non time, not not time uh, dependent, but uh, yes, uh, Yoad. Of course, are you are you ba- back on the mix th- today, or are you done for the day? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm. I still have uh, a few things to go to do, and then I'm going for uh, point blank uh, twenty 
fifth anniversary uh, party. Which will Ooh, be nice. that sounds fun. Yeah. Excellent. Canapes on us, as it were. I hope, mm. the, I hope, I hope <laughs> the snacks are good. That's all I can say. Uh, anyway, thanks again for joining us. And also, uh, Mr. Gaz Williams, thank you for joining us too. We're going to mm. see you, of course, uh, bright and early Saturday morning for a trip up to... Uh, to Sheffield. Sheffield, yes. So, Synthfest. So, don't forget, everyone who is in the UK and can get to Sheffield, which which one is... This is number four now, Synthfest, isn't it? I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, And has gone from strength to strength and is a really good, fun event. Uh, If you are on the kind of, you know, on the fence about coming, just come, because you really will be fun. Um, It's great city, Sheffield, as well, yeah. Yeah, and there are going to be some... There are going to be some new things there to see as well, so... Absolutely. um, Well, the... Tom Udo, will be there with the Colossus and the Colossus, yeah, Colossus. Yeah, exactly. the Udo is, yeah, the super, the Super Six is in a much more um, developed state now, so that's going to be there to see. Um, and yeah, gosh, definitely come if you can because it really is. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's turning into one of Britain's best events in this in this kind of thing. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna have to go because I'm gonna have to go and prod my client out of his slumber and get back well, to work because we've got loads. Well, to we'll, do. <laughs> we'll flip back to the four way action and we'll say goodbye, everybody. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, that was Sonic Talk episode 591, and we will see you all next time. Bye bye now.